Singers, I welcome you to What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We move on today in Matthew chapter 26 to verses 31 through 35. Jesus and his disciples now leave the upper room there in the city and return to the Mount of Olives to a place called Gethsemane. On the way, Jesus quotes a passage from Zechariah 13:7, which reads, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. The man who is my associate and equal, says the Lord of hosts. Strike down the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. But I will come back and comfort and care for the lambs. Peter responds by telling Jesus that he would never forsake him. But Jesus tells Peter that before the night is over, he will deny him three times. Now, here are verses 31 through 35, and Matthew writes, then Jesus said to them, Tonight you will all desert me, for it is written in the scriptures that God will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been brought back to life again, I will go on to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, If everyone else deserts you, I won't. Jesus told him, The truth is that this very night, before the rooster crows at dawn, you will deny me three times. I would die first, Peter insisted, and all the other disciples said the same thing.
Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. When Jesus told his disciples during the Last Supper in that upstairs room in Jerusalem that someone there would betray him, each disciple said, Surely not I, Lord. It turned out that the man who had decided to do just that was Judas Iscariot. Jesus identified him as the betrayer. But there was another man in that small group who also was about to betray his Lord. We often don't associate him with betrayal. Had I been in that small group of 13 men, I might have said, No, I will never betray Jesus. Knowing Peter, I'd suspect that he would be the kind of a man who would react just that way. Apparently, after Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, the group went out to the Mount of Olives. That same night, Jesus said to his disciples, This very night you will all fall away on my account. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, Jesus continued, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I will never. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same. That's Matthew 26, 31 to 35. Jesus, being divine, tells his disciples that this night they will all forsake him. Evidently, this defection was predicted. This then was not outside the scope of God's program. Jesus then quotes from the prophet Zechariah, chapter 13, verse 7. It was predicted that the Messiah would be crucified and his own would be scattered. I will strike the shepherd, Zechariah wrote, and Jesus quoted. The shepherd, of course, must refer to Jesus, who is often called the shepherd. In Zechariah, it's the sword that strikes the shepherd but the sword is wielded by Jehovah. So Jesus makes it clear that he was God's sacrifice. The cross was then God's altar. It was far more than an instrument of Roman cruelty or Jewish cunning. It was the altar where God brought the sacrifice of his unique and only son for man's sin. God himself directed the death of the shepherd. The servant was smitten by God, Isaiah said. I have emphasized this before on What's New programs, only because there is a move against this idea. If God wasn't in it, if Jesus wasn't his sacrifice for us, then Jesus isn't a savior, at best only a martyr. Furthermore, according to Zechariah, Jehovah, or Yahweh, and the shepherd are one in nature and essence. This strongly affirms the deity of the Messiah. In a sense, God sacrificed himself for humans. The point Jesus wants to make, however, is that his disciples will all forsake him. When God smites the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered, Zechariah wrote. Jesus evidently means by this that his disciples will forsake him when they saw how things were going. Judas, of course, already has forsaken the Lord. 
but all of the rest will also, in spite of their statements to the contrary. And they all do forsake the Lord. By the end of the day, they all deserted Jesus. They're scattered, just as Jesus said they would, just as Zechariah predicted. In verse 56 of this 26th chapter, Matthew writes that, Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Now back to the record of 2632. Jesus has just informed them that they will forsake him. Then, instead of condemning them, he shows nothing but compassion and understanding. Jesus knows human weakness. He knows how easily and how often we humans fail. He understands and cares. While I don't want to fail my Lord, I often do. He doesn't cast me aside. He lovingly reaches out his comforting hand and lifts me up. Sympathetically, he said to his disciples, After I have risen, I will go before you to Galilee. Evidently, Jesus knew that the disciples would want to flee to their homes in Galilee. After it was all over, and Jesus said, I'll get there before you. I'll be waiting for you there. Jesus assures them that even though they will forsake him and flee, scatter, they will see him after the resurrection. Apparently, that didn't sink in. Perhaps Peter missed it. He stuck on Jesus' statement just before this one. He's still thinking of forsaking the Lord, and he vehemently denies that he would ever leave the Lord. Jesus predicted that before the rooster would crow, Peter would deny him three times. Evidently, the roosters crowed during the third watch between 12 and 3 in the morning. The Romans' term for that watch was the cock crow. Jesus informed Peter that in spite of his vehement denial, within hours he would deny his Lord. At the end of this 26th chapter of Matthew, he recounts that part of the story. Peter did exactly as Jesus predicted. But Jesus didn't turn him off, neither the other disciples. Gently he told them he would see them again. Of course he did. Listen to the renewal singers. Gentle hands is the name of the song. His gentle hands are holding me, guiding me so carefully. They lead me into paths I don't understand. But I'll never fear I'm in gentle hands. I have a loving Father who always understands. I'm in gentle hands.
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 840H, after California, 93263, USA.